So me and Levitard, Kate, Howard, and I, we recorded this video, this podcast about the vaccine, how WNBA players are at 99% and NBA players are at 90%. We recorded a very thoughtful session on the Levitard show feed. And then Ted Cruz happened. When Americans tried it, they discovered they did not like green eggs and ham, and they did not like Obamacare either. They did not like Obamacare in a box with a fox, in a house, or with a mouse. We didn't even get the Ted Cruz part of this story. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. That's Amin Al Hassan. I am excited to bring in Vinny Goodwill from Yahoo Sports. Wrote a column this week. Stop giving the space or the microphone or the megaphone for players to be loud and wrong about this vaccine issue. So I'm paraphrasing that headline, Vinny, if, if I got yep. it wrong. <laughs> you got it. You also broke some news in there that league sources say that Kyrie Irving is expected to get the vaccine soon enough in time for the season start because I think Kevin Durant is going to be leaning on him to to make that switch. So, Vinny, what's going on, man? Nothing much, guys. I mean, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> I'll say that I am vaccinated. I have no issues with the jab. I have no third arm growing or third nostril or anything like that. No, no weird smell that's emanating from me. You know, so I'm good. It'd be hilarious if Vinny wrote that whole article. <laughs> so you got vaccinated? Ew, no, man. You crazy? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, something else. <laughs> when did you realize I need to write this column? Like, who was it? Was it Kyrie? Was it Brad Beal? Like, who was it that you were like, ah, I, I got to speak on this? Well, initially, I was going to write about the uh, monstrosity that is Ben Simmons in the Philadelphia 76ers. I was like, I'm going to touch on this. And then a part of me was like, let me wait and see what happens with media day and who's going to say what. Usually media days with the NBA is pretty mundane. Like you don't get anything special. Like the only thing special I think we got in from media day, correct me if I'm wrong, is Derrick Rose in 2010 saying, why can't I be MVP? And then he went out and did it. You know what I mean? But short of that, these things are pretty stock answers, stock questions, goofy pictures. You know, nobody says anything crazy. But when Kyrie comes out and, you know, all of that, then Bradley Beal, then Andrew Wiggins. And, of course, we all know about, you know, Jonathan Isaac and his unfortunate uh, beliefs. I hate to, you know, to put it like that. You know, on top of the fact that Jonathan Isaac has been, you know, the face of a certain crowd's, uh, he's been their mascot, uh, they they've discovered him over the past uh, <laughs> over the past year or so, so it, it was like the totality of all that. And I was like, man, this is annoying. Why are we paying these dudes so much attention? And you call the league and you call the the PA and you're like, what's the number now? On how many guys are vaccinated? A little over ninety percent. All right, cool. Why should we? Why are we listening to these dudes? You you know what I mean? And the the larger thing was I remember, and not to get political, but just you can rock with me here. The reason that something that 2016 happened was because every time someone wanted a microphone in his face, he got it. And he legitimized some people's beliefs that thought that they were like in some hole. They thought that they were the only ones who felt that way. 
and he turned to use, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. You know what I mean? He, there was no such thing as bad publicity. And he wrote that wave to the White House. And we've been kind of dealing with the remnants of that ever since. And I felt like, no, we're not going to do this anymore and legitimize, you know, the 10% who feel the way that they feel, you know, being loud, being wrong, being misinformed and everything else and legitimizing some nonsense. I was like, forget this. Yeah. Because I'm not, hopefully I don't have to write about it again. I don't want to write about it again because it's stupid. Oh, come on. You're not that naive, Vinny. Come on, man. This ain't going away anytime soon. Um, We'll at least, we'll at least be discussing this until the opening night, right? To see who's going to be in uniform. Yes. Because if certain players, like we're, we're, we know about Kyrie, we know about Andrew Wiggins, we know about Jonathan Isaac, but we don't know about the other 40 players. And so who's going to be suiting up? Michael Porter Jr. is one of them. We know that. Trey Burke is another one. Trey Burke came out and said he's not vaccinated. 40 players spread across, what is that? 28 teams, 27 teams? I think it's 28 teams. Beyond the Nets and the Warriors, the Knicks are 100% vaccinated. I know that for a fact. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see who those guys are and do they do they learn from the experience that these guys have gone through? Because one of the things I thought about was when we first heard, hey, the Nets aren't 100% vaccinated. We didn't know who it was, but we had a pretty right, good right. idea who it was, right? It's like... Who would be that guy, right? But when we heard the Warriors weren't 100% vaccinated, nobody knew. It wasn't until Andrew right. Wiggins opened his mouth and said, I ain't doing it. And I'm like, oh, there you go. If he had just been quiet, we would have, like, theoretically, it would have taken some digging or reporting to find out that he was the one. Well, and Bays, Baysmore last year wasn't vaccinated. He was, he was outspoken about that too. Right. But the point is, we didn't know about Wiggins. Whatever Wiggins is going through, you could take it and then, stick it onto Kevon Looney and Kevon like it would be the same situation except Kevon Looney makes a lot less money. So um at least with Kyrie like I I I think that he understands by taking this stance what that means. What that means for him and what that means f- and what he's trying to achieve. Wiggins I think is just a guy who didn't want to get vaccinated. And you open your mouth. <laughs> like and now you, and now you now you part of the Kyrie crew. So it's like, you're probably better off just keeping your mouth shut if you are unvaccinated and let people find out the way they find out when you're not eligible or when you catch it or whatever. I mean, the thing is important to note, unvaccinated players can play. You know what I mean? It's just that you can't play if you're in New York proper or San Francisco. So the 40 guys across the 28, you know what I'm saying, across the 28 teams, we won't know unless they have to go on the protocol in a completely different way. You know what I mean? That the league has basically put out that makes it really punitive. You know what I mean? Well, no, because they're not in the same locker room as their teammates. But we're not allowed in the locker room. That's a good point. That's a good point. I was talking to a GM the other day and I was asking him, I was like, so what does that mean? Like distant locker room? Like how do you get distance in a locker room? Like guys, right? Like how, how, do, how do you do that? Like every locker room is either – a circle or just like a square, right? It's very hard to have a distant seat in a locker room. Tom, they're in a different room. Mm-hmm. I've been at least one NBA arena where I witnessed that's the locker room. That's y'all locker room over there. It's, it's not unlike um, in the WNBA, you got to have two coaches offices or two co- uh, because one for the men, one for the women. And I guess that's starting to happen in the NBA too, as we have more and more, 
uh, women assistant coaches. But yeah, it's like there's a separate facility. The Andrew Wiggins thing is fascinating to me because of how loud the NBA was in denying that religious exemption. Like Vinny, I don't know about you, but I was like, yo, the NBA was out here. Like, like they were, they were made sure that no Chef's one kiss. was leaking that they were going to just boom. Chef's kiss. They just blasted it out. And that was a rare move by the NBA. Cause usually this stuff trickles out and it's reported by a leak or something, some source. No, they came out here and said, we are not letting you get by on a religious exemption here. And you are going to be subject to the same protocols in the municipalities and you will not be able to play. I mean, that was, that was loud. I mean, I think that was a significant move in this whole story is the NBA was making sure that Andrew Wiggins was not, it wasn't that they denied it. It was that they made sure everybody knew that they denied it, right? That was Salt Bay. That was like, <laughs> let me uh, sprinkle this on here real quick here for y'all. Just in, just in case, sprinkle some salt on here to make you real salty. Like, what is what was Andrew Wiggins' like religious case here? Because I just uh, heard the Pope. I heard the Pope said that he's you know getting vaccinated. Not saying everybody's got to be you know Christian or whatever, but like, wait, wait, Andrew Pope? Wiggins. <laughs> Mitchell Wiggins' son, what is your religion, brother? What land do do you come from where they say, nah, we ain't taking life-saving vaccines? I was waiting for him to show up and be like, uh, pizza? (laughs) That's the religion of pizza, (laughs) whatever. And then like, nah, man, it ain't gonna work. Either that or like, this is what I said on the radio. It'd be funny if like he came in with like a folder and he handed this, this is my application. And the league just looks at it, looks at him, and looks at it, looks at him. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go. And he picks it up and he walks away. <laughs> there were no words exchanged. Even Andrew Wiggins knew this is horseshit. <laughs> I knew this wouldn't work. <laughs> the Pope has even come out and said, he, like you mentioned, that he, the Pope has come out and said he's pro-vaccine, he's vaccinated, and that he um, that he thinks it's an getting the vaccine because you love others, you care for others, right? The Pope is Catholic. You know who else is Catholic? Italian people. You know who's Italian? Fauci. You mean falsy? Ooh, you didn't see that coming. Conspiracy. You didn't see that coming. Illuminati. Conspiracy. Illuminati. According to uh, Kyrie Irving's aunt, uh, who is running his family foundation, Dr. Falsy. Anyway, I did some digging on this. I did my own research, guys. I'm still not sure the Milwaukee's actually won the championship. I didn't didn't watch. I wasn't there. I didn't watch the game myself. So um, I guess I'll go off a basis of... There's got to be some kind of proof. I'll do, I, I'm going to do my own research and figure out if they want it. I was reading an NPR article, that far-left, agenda-driven publication, NPR, and they said that the Christian science, like organization, Christian scientists who are fa- you know, famous for not taking right. medicine, instead believing in prayer to yeah. heal, they even have not spoken against the vaccine christian science dog it, you ain't got no like to say the christian scientists saying i guess it man Wiggins. they haven't said one way or the other they haven't been pro or anti but they haven't been anti which was like fascinating to me is like when you are applying for a religious exemption to the nba like what is going to qualify like what is going to qualify i think you have to show first of all that your religion that you subscribe to has a documented stance against vaccination not against this vaccination, against vaccination period. So again, Christian scientists, to me, that would actually be a religious exemption that I would recognize if they have taken that document stance, but they didn't, apparently, right? So then second of all, I think you'd also have to provide some sort of 
proof that you have been a practicing member of this faith minus like seeing him at at one of the sermons or whatever like it's, it's the thing like andrew wiggins like nobody's like you that's what i said i love the scenario where he doesn't even open his mouth and neither do they they just look at him he looks at them like yeah my bad never mind yeah. <laughs> because come on man what religion what religion name a religion even just regular run-of-the-mill christianity not so sure i'm not so sure about you bro so i like it just to me ironically the only person i think will be able to get away with it is Kyrie. Because he does have a documented history of like observing faiths or whatever, right? Riddle me this, Batman. Riddle me this. Did Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, Bradley Beal, did they all attend school? Yes, they did. College? Yes. Colleges require, you know, immunization records. Yeah. They require vaccination records. Schools do. Schools do. You've been yeah. you've been requiring You've been taking vaccines your whole life. And now, all of a sudden, this is the leg that you're choosing to stand on? My, my thing on Kyrie is this. It's consistently inconsistent. That is Kyrie Irving in a nutshell. What's, what's the commonality on Kyrie? Is that he's going to be all across the board. It's He says all these things about humanity, right? Wanting to save lives, wanting to speak up for the marginalized, you know, the WNBA stuff, the Black Lives Matter stuff. All those things are as admirable as possible, right? And you can't and pure, right? I'm not, I'm not criticizing any of his the nobility in that. But isn't taking a vaccine that can not only save your life but save someone else's? Isn't that in the same form of nobility and you know looking out for the greater good of humanity? Or is it just you're only doing it on your terms? You know what's funny? is part of the problem with this virus is that it is a virus of community. If the only way you caught COVID was like HIV, through transfer of fluids, be it blood transfusion, be it you sharing needles, having unprotected sex, etc., then I think people would be a lot more motivated to get vaccinated to protect themselves. But the reality is the vaccine and the mask wearing are more about protecting other people than they are about protecting yourself. It's more about stopping the spread. Which I mean is why it is not a personal choice, right? Like when we, right. they say it's a personal choice, whether for me to do it or not is a pers personal choice. It is my freedom to make my own choice. But that is such a selfish viewpoint on this, right? It is such a self, it's a me, me, me thing when basketball is not me, 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 me. Like it might be more so now than it was 30 years ago, right? But the idea of like, I'm gonna, it's a my personal choice when for the rest of the team, this, it's gonna affect them. And it's going to affect your family. It's going to affect the people that you interact with on a daily basis. Your personal choice is going to affect them. And so the idea of not getting a vaccine because it's my call, it's my personal freedom. And by the way, it's, it's the people around you. Like, oh, my family members are cool. Cool. What about the people who aren't your family members? What about the people I don't give a fuck about you? We're not friends. I'm not ride or die with you. I'm just a guy who I, I happen to be here. The locker room attendant. The trainer. The, the security guy at the at the uh, the door of the locker room. Like, these are the people that, like, you're not taking into account when you're saying, oh, it's a personal choice for me and my family. No, it's not, man, because those aren't the only people you're around. And, and, and it goes back to my whole thing about 
vaccination, it's like, if you feel that strongly about getting vaccinated, I don't have a problem with you not getting vaccinated. I have a problem with you trying to live your life like me then. Mm-hmm. You could be unvaccinated, stay your ass home, don't go out, live like we did last, last year, and then I'm fine. But this, this having the cake and eating it too, this idea that I'm not going to get vaccinated, oh yeah, also, we're hitting the, the bars tonight. No, you're not. You don't get to do that. You, you forfeited that right. You said, I don't want that. It's more important to me that the freedom to put what I want in my body. The other thing is, and, and I got to shout out my, my, my guy, uh, Brandon Below, who was uh, a producer on NBA Countdown. Now, now he works over at Peloton. He's talking about a, a conversation he had with his friends. His friends were doing the usual YouTube university. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to put something I don't know in my body. Da, 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 da. And Brandon said, he looked at his friend and said, this restaurant we're in right now, this diner, what grade did they get from the health department? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> did you go in the back and check their freezer and see the food that you, you just, you eating, you going to town on that, that uh, steak and eggs. Did you go back in the freezer and make sure the steak was, was properly stored and stuff? Are the eggs are non-GMO or whatever? Uh, like, well, you like to smoke, right? I've seen you pass blunts plenty of time with complete strangers. Did you ever ask for their, like, medical history? Like, there's so much risky behavior that people engage in daily, not questioning for a second, not questioning for a second the, the validity or the veracity of what they're putting in their body. The fact that now, all of a sudden, everyone, these holistic people, again, if you want to live like that, that's fine. Go move to Montana, live in a shack, mm-hmm. live off the land, and then I'm fine. But that's not what you're doing. You're trying to enjoy all of the modern amenities, but go a la carte with this one. My problem is you walk into the Barclay Center. You're not an architect. <laughs> you don't know how the beams were put up there. Vinny, it doesn't end. That building could collapse. That building could collapse on you. Like We operate in a society. The only way this works is there's a certain level of trust that we have amongst ourselves. Even if we don't think about it, the car that you drive, I live in Detroit, home of cars. Look, if some dudes that's high is making the car that I'm driving, good God, I'm praying, I'm praying that the person wasn't super high that day. You know what I mean? That a car that the part would jack up or something like that. Like this can't work if we don't have a level, uh, extreme level of trust amongst each other. My problem is. Everybody is taking this thing of personal freedoms and contrarianism, like, you know, from whether it's the Black Lives Matter movement or, you know, we're not listening to the, to the system. The system is this and all this. You know what I mean? And they're taking it and turn into like this super elementary argument. If you do this, you're a sheep. If you listen to them, you're a sheep. Do you follow traffic signs? <laughs> do you stop at red lights? Do you yield? Is that what you do? Do you yield? Just in case, do you hear the crosswalks? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think I think these people, it, it also comes like this, guys. Combined or, or individually, think about the three guys we're talking about. Think about the four guys we're talking about. Michael Porter Jr., Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Andrew Wiggins. Each one year of college, right? Just enough to think that you are smart. <laughs> not enough to actually be smart. Well, how much of this too, Vinny, is money, money, because this was the point I made in the video this week was WNBA, 99.9% vaccinated in their league. There's 145 players and there's, according to Kate, there's only one player 
Kate Fagan says there's one player who has not been vaccinated in the WNBA and she might even be vaccinated now. The WNBA has to, a lot of the players in the WNBA have to go play overseas in their quote unquote off season to go play in Europe and have to be vaccinated in order to play in those leagues, right? So that's number one. Number two, the average salary in the WNBA is like $70,000. If they don't do this, they can't pay the mortgage. They can't pay their rent payments. Like if they, if you're not going to get vaccinated, you might lose your spot on the team. You might lose your job. In the NBA, it is a different equation. The NBA, Andrew Wiggins is making $31 million this year. That is double the entire W payroll combined. The entire league makes $15 million and Andrew Wiggins is at 30. So like Andrew Wiggins probably feels, I mean, think about, think about if you're Andrew Wiggins, you've gone through life and you've been the best in your sport. You went to Kansas, you were the top prospect, Maple Jordan, whatever you want to call it. He gets the number one pick and then LeBron James trades him over to Minnesota and he gets a max contract when Glenn Taylor meets him beforehand and says, yo, I'm not sure about giving you a max contract until you say you're going to commit. Promise me you're going to try hard. I promise. If you sit here and say it, (laughs) I will give you this max contract. Will you play harder on defense? Will you have a better work ethic? Yes. What is Andrew Wiggins going to say? Of course, yes. And then he gets a max contract, right? And then one of the best teams of the past decade trades for him, and he does pretty well last year. I think Andrew Wiggins, what I'm, my point is, I think Andrew Wiggins is operating in a place where he feels like he is exceptional and he doesn't have to get the vaccine because I'm Andrew Wiggins. I was the number one pick. And if I lose $9 million off of my salary, who gives a shit? It is not going to be a, I can't pay the mortgage. It is not going to be, I'm not going to have a job for the A lot of the NBA players who've been outspoken like Andrew Wiggins, I feel like this mandate to them is just kind of like a nuisance. And it's not really a thing that they need to do in order to still make $30 million, which is not the same in the W. Vinny, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. The, the people said, even though the NBA is 90% vaccinated, there are people within that 90% who are vaccinated, I won't say against their will, it's not like they were held down, but they were in the WNBA mm-hmm. kind of shoes. Guys with minimum contracts or non-guaranteed deals or younger players are like, mm-hmm. I don't believe in this vaccine, but I don't want to get cut or yep. you know lose yep. money or whatever. Is it, yep. it a job security thing, right? Is that something the players association should be concerned with? Yes, because I mean, I'm sure you guys heard LeBron James on media day. He didn't sound like a dude who's been vaccinated for months. He sounded like a dude that just got it and damn near got it against his will. Have you been vaccinated? And do you feel compelled to send a message to the rest of the country about the importance of vaccinations? Um, I think when it comes down for me, I can speak about myself. Um, I think everyone has their own choice um, to do what they feel is right for themselves and their family and things of that nature. Um, I know um, that I was very skeptical about it all, um, but after doing my research and things of that nature, I felt like it was best suited for not only me, but for my family and for my friends. And, uh, you know, and that's why I decided to do it. So, but as far as I, I don't, you guys should know me, anything that I talk about, I don't talk about other people. And, and what they should do. Um, I speak for me um, and for my family, and uh, you know that's what it's about. But you don't think the, the issue is important enough for someone with your stature to, to speak out on it? You know, th- we're talking about individuals' bodies. You know, we're not talking about something that's, you know, political or or uh, racism or police brutality and things of that nature. 
we're talking about like people's bodies and well-beings, you know. So I don't feel like for me personally that I should get involved in, in, in what other people should do for their bodies and their livelihoods. It's, it would be me talking about somebody if they should, you know, take this job or not. Listen, you have to do what's best for you and your family. If they should relocate, you have to do what's best for your family. So um, I know what I did for me and my family. Um, I know some of my friends and what they did for their families. But as far as speaking for everybody and their individualities and things that they want to do, um, I don't feel like that's my that's not my job. That's how he wanted himself to sound. I haven't seen him that uncomfortable in front of the camera in a long time. I mean, I don't think that he's long had this. Not at all. I thought that NBA statement that they made when he had that outside party, yeah. I thought that was really, really fishy and they were covering the Golden Goose. Mm, not going to say I got it on good authority, but I have. I'm strongly led to believe that he did not get the vaccine until somewhat recently. Really? Yes. That's interesting. That statement by the NBA, I thought, I interpreted it as the NBA was basically saying he's not vaccinated. Because there was a line in that statement, the press release from the NBA that said, what we do for vaccinated individuals and what we do for unvaccinated individuals and then left it there. They did not say LeBron James is vaccinated, but this is what the protocols are if you are vaccinated. This is what the protocols are if you're unvaccinated and just let us decide, right? And it was clear to me that the unvaccinated part of those protocols that LeBron James was into applied to him. Um, I think it was whether he had to produce a negative test by, before going to the event or whatever it is. But the point is, is that LeBron James has been asked about this in the past and he says, uh-uh-uh, private issue. I'm not going to speak on it. And then to, you know, this week... He said, it seemed very reluctantly talked about it and said it is a personal thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all. Hold on, hold on. Who is LeBron James's number one employer? Your number one employer is who pays you the most, right? So who is LeBron James's number one employer? Nike. Nike. What is Nike's whole ethos besides buy our shoes? They are selling and promoting a lifestyle of health, right? Basically, you right? That's kind of what they do. Buy these, buy these basketball shoes. Buy these training things so you can go out here and be healthy and be great and be excellent, right? Just do it, yes. So LeBron saying, I can't tell people what to do with their bodies, that is the exact antithesis of what Nike is basically selling as a athletic brand. Not as a necessarily a lifestyle brand, but as a athletic brand. That goes directly against that. Secondly, and I want to double back to your WNBA point, you hear about all these guys saying the kooky stuff, like Bradley Beal. We don't hear about the guys who have the adverse effects of the vaccine as if he could produce one, right? Women, and this is not, this is not to separate, but this is context, I believe. You all, I've been involved with women at various points of my life, family members, whatever. Women, to most degree, are used to taking some level of birth control. Birth control can have adverse effects on some people, depending on whatever they're taking, how their body is. But you won't see one woman say, I'm not taking this birth control because it gave that person a blood clot. They're used to being able to make those decisions and being able to weigh pros and cons, you know what I mean, with that in ways that we as men do not have to. This is the first time that someone has said to, said to, has said to us, you have to weigh pros and cons, potential pros and cons on something. And unfortunately, a lot of these dudes don't have the sophistication to make those type of decisions, even though there are no real cons. Pro, you live. Con, you might die. I don't think it's that damn hard. My favorite response to all of this was when Bradley Beal said, I would ask that all the people who, who are you know, pro-vax, what about all the people who got vaccinated? How can you 
you know, all the people got vaccinated who got COVID. What about them? And somebody on Twitter quote tweeted and said, it's kind of like how you can score 60 and still lose a game. <laughs> no matter what you do, it doesn't matter. if like, <laughs> But also that it's, it is such a specific, like if Steph Curry had said that, it, that, that response wouldn't ring as true. Isn't like Bradley Beal, the guy who's never won a game, he scored 60 multiple times and has lost every single time yeah, yeah. in those situations. Like it's such a specific response to him and him alone that he's got to sit there and be like, damn. Yeah. yeah like, got me. But that's the point. Like, none of this shit is foolproof. No one ever presents it as foolproof. There's a chance. For, so, yes, you can get COVID with, while vaccinated. Yes, you could die from COVID while vaccinated. The, 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 the deal is you are much less likely to catch it. Yo, do you tie your shoes when you play basketball? Yes, I do. Does it prevent 100% tying your shoes prevent an ankle injury? No, it doesn't. Tom, you know what the big difference is? Me not tying my shoes, it's not going to fuck up Vinny's ankle. And if I got my ankle, it's like, what if like me not tying my shoes also fucks up everybody on the team's ankle? That's the problem. Yeah, but if you fall over because you broke your ankle, I'm going to probably fall on you. And so, yes, it is probably a little bit affecting other people, right? This is the drunk driving argument is that this is the drunk driving argument. Not getting vaccinated is a lot like dr- drunk driving. It's not so much that you are going to be uh, liable to die or to get injured or to get in a car accident is that you're involving all these other people. Everybody else yep. who are driving safely in their lane, obeying the speed limit, all traffic rules. And your dumbass is going to drive right into them because you're drunk. Right. Would, would the argument is, are you OK with drunk driving? Because it's your decision. And this is the thing. And when you do, we're going to sit around and point to, see, he wasn't drinking and he had a seatbelt on. He still died, though. So how can you tell me that driving sober and having a seatbelt on is... is Because we are a selfish society. And I had a a coach that I talked to. uh, I think it was at the media day. I had a coach that I talked to. And he said, and this is something that I never thought about, Tom, is that he says... These players, especially the younger guys, have access to so much information they don't know what's good or bad. You know, it's just information overload. What their aunt sent them, what their wife sent them, what their homeboys sent them, what they have easily easy access to. And they don't know how to differentiate between what's good, what's bad, and and they have turned into basically just complete like mistrusting figures without the sophistication. And they're and let's be honest. We're in a selfish-ass society. When this whole thing was branded as, don't just save your life, but save someone else's. Like, in theory, that's noble, right? You know what I mean? Like, don't. I was basically saying, don't kill me. Don't kill my parents. My parents are older. They are more susceptible to this. If they catch it, it's a different birth than if I catch it. For whatever reason, that didn't land with Because people. the personal liberty is being encroached, right? So liberty and the pursuit of happiness, all this individualism in the American ideals, you throw out that word liberty and freedom, and then all that shit about protecting your neighbor and, and all that out the window, right? And you're talking about PTO Kyrie at the same time. <laughs> the dude who literally just takes time off because he feels like it. I'm not making fun of him. I'm just literally saying that's part of his get down. He will just not show up for a game. And where's Kyrie? Where's Kyrie? We don't know. We don't know. And then we get a statement saying that, you know, he's taking some time off. So when you're talking about considering your teammates, considering your franchise, all these other type of things, he's marching to his own beat regardless of how it affects anyone else. Let me ask you this. So they wake up, they check Twitter, and they see Ted Cruz <laughs> talking about, I stand with you. How do you think those guys feel 
today? Well, Andrew Wiggins is someone that I have to check in. Like you have to put a mirror in front of him to make sure he's breathing. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not really sure that he's, <laughs> you know, the, the, he is the quietest, like, talented player i've ever seen you know what i mean like i don't i don't know if he notices those things i have a feeling that it'll be brought all those guys that'll be brought to their attention I, d- I don't believe for a second that all like any one of those guys could have missed that not because they're on twitter like that but because this is one of those things where it gets brought to your attention yeah like draymond is definitely printing it out and putting it in his locker somebody somebody there <laughs> i don't know how those guys would react to it because here's the thing we assume we make a lot of, in 2016, changed all of this for us. We assume that because certain people share certain values or come from a certain place, that they share the same values as we do and that they look at certain figures as toxic the same as we do. What 2016 has done, I don't know about y'all, every time I see a celebrity that I like saying something stupid that I don't agree with, I'm like, damn, why do I have to deal with the duality of liking this person and wishing they would shut the hell up so that I can continue to like them? You know what I mean? Like, I saw something yesterday. What's the girl from Grey's Anatomy? Uh, Ellen Pompeo. She said that she tried to curse Denzel Washington out because he was directing the episode. Listen, mother This is my show. This is my set. Who are you telling? Like, you barely know where the bathroom is. I thought she was like an ally, you know what I mean, for the cause and everything else. And you find yourself cussing out Denzel Washington? I'm like, nah, sis, can't do it. So to bring it back to these guys, who knows if they take it personally? Who knows if their ideology doesn't line up? Because they're part of the 1%. Right. That's true. I guess to me, it's like, I think about, first of all, Ted Cruz, what he fact is like, I, I support your right to your body or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> is he trolling at that point? Yes. Yes, he's trolling. He knows what he's doing. He is trolling. I support LeBron James when he says that it's an individual decision what you put into your body and what you do with your own body. He's got to know how hypocritical that stance is in Texas. Yeah, with te- yeah, with regards to Texas, I don't know, man. Like I, sometimes it's we're we're in a place where I'm like you, Vinny. I, I thought before 2016, I walked around and I used to be. I used to quote the Malcolm X quote. They asked him. Uh, are you going to vote for Goldwater or are you going to vote for LBJ? And Malcolm X said, well, first of all, I ain't voting because neither of them care about black people. But if I had to choose, you're asking me, should I choose the fox or should I choose the wolf? The wolf says, I'm going to eat you. And then he eats you. The fox says, hey, I'm your friend. Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And then he eats you. So I'm going to eat either, either way. At least I see it coming with the wolf. So. For me, I would say, yeah, man, I don't, if people are racist, I want to know they're racist. I want to know so I know how to react and handle them. I think I didn't realize, A, just how many, like, super racist people there were. I knew, like, you know, there's systemic racism and there's things, blind spots that white people have. I didn't realize the number of, like, outright, flat-out racist, just straight-up racist people there were. And I did not realize that the only thing that kept them in check was the fear of the public shaming. Mm-hmm. And now there's no more shame. No, there's no more shame. So now it's okay to be outwardly racist. And it's okay to be outwardly skeptical towards science. Science that you trust every step of the way, but in this point, not. And then on top of that, for there to be a political party, whichever one it is, to 
wholly and totally exploit that shit. Exploit that shit and exploit it in a way. The shut up and dribble party is now saying, yeah. It's more than the shut up and dribble. It's not even, they don't even believe that shit. They're just like, well, this is what gets the people going. And like to me, the, the, the capital insurrection is telling. The inside job. <laughs> because when, when your people came rushing through the door, you didn't stick around to welcome them. Like, yeah, I told you this government. Mm-hmm. Y'all fucking went and hid. Y'all went and hid because you knew they're coming for your ass too. And, and that's, the, that's the problem. They created something that they have no control over, but they, they continue to feed it and groom it and uh, like uh, basically encourage it. And so now you, you turn around and you say, okay, you've got this movement that you have no control over, but you, you know push comes to shove, they're voting for you over the other side. And now what you're getting out of the NBA players is the ability to cross over and go mainstream. Because what was a bunch of crazy white folks in bear costumes and shit like that, now you got Kyrie Irving, regardless of whether he likes it or not. Now you got Bradley Beer, regardless of whether he co-signs or not. You got your mascot. And say, see, we're not racist. Here are these black guys that were Black Lives Matter, everything, whatever. They're saying the same thing too. So Obviously, we can't be flawed. And that's the problem. It's the same reason why I don't get comfortable, too comfortable talking about bad black TV or black movies. Because there's a part of me that I don't want to be co-signed. See? And that's why no. we shouldn't give opportunities to, to black filmmakers. See? Even Amin says it. Tyler Perry's terrible. Right? Like You don't want to be used as, you want to be weaponized against. I don't want to be weaponized. I don't want to be co-opted. What was the thing that we were talking about the other day, Tom? What was it? Oh, the, the vaccine thing. We're going to talk about the Miami Heat at the time that the Benny, remember the news report that if you're not vaccinated by September 1, we'll take that as tendering your resignation. Miami Heat were like, hey, vaccine or you resign. Or no, like on September 1, if you're not vaccinated or at least scheduled to be vaccinated, we, we, mm-hmm. we take that as you quit. You're not fired. We take that as you voluntarily quit. And we had meetings. A meme was like, you know, I kind of feel like I want to say something about this. And we were all like, oh, that's really good. I mean, that's like you should you should write that. I ended up not doing it because I knew it would be co-opted and weaponized for the other side. But I kind of think about within that context, like the idea of the union, forget about whether players want to get vaccinated or don't want to get vaccinated. Even if 100% of them were going to get vaccinated, the reason the fight against the mandate to not agree to collective bargain, because it opens a door that you can't shut afterwards. Yep. And in that way, I kind of feel bad for them because they're coming across as the anti-vax league, right? When in reality, they're just doing what a union should do, which is fight against management's ability to mandate things. I don't disagree with the union. The union, Michelle Roberts, could very well be saying to her constituency, she could be saying, I want you all to get vaccinated because it's the right thing to do while also telling the league, you're not going to mandate this. You're not going to tell my players what they can put in their bodies. It sets in a horrible precedent that we know will be exploited down the line. We know that regardless of how crazy a time is right now, that as, as much as this is an exception, it can also open the door, like Amin said, to other things. And unfortunately, when you give rich white men a whole bunch of power, more than they've had, they ain't giving it back to you. They're going to take it and twist it 
and turning it into something else. Why? Because that's business and that's why how they've gotten the way that they've gotten it. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, that's just how it works. So I, I, I pose this question to you because I was co-opted. When I wrote that column, you know, the, the people of bad faith were saying, now you're telling them to shut up and dribble. Weren't you telling them this and this and this? And I'm like, hey, you morons. That's not what I'm saying. I'm actually speaking more to the populace. It's like, or the media and saying, look, man, we can't be giving these dudes a time of day. You know what I mean? We can't be giving, we can't be posing these same questions to Kyrie, giving him the audience for this because people don't know how. It's really hard though, Vinny. That's really hard to do. What does that look like? Not putting a microphone in Kyrie Irving's face. Like, is it like, what does it look like for the media to not dwell on their comments? I don't know. They're going to have media availabilities. Is it not asking them about the vaccine? Like, is it is it a matter of like, hey, we're just going to stick to basketball here? Because I think that also sets a dangerous precedent as being like, hey, we we shouldn't ask LeBron James or Steph Curry about off court things. Right. So what does that look like to you is not giving them the the ability to be loud and wrong? I don't know, because I don't because because of 2016, everything that happened in 2016, I feel like the paradigm has shifted. You know what I mean? Like we we can't trust the public to take the information, even if they're being loud and wrong and we're presenting it as loud and wrong. We can't take that information and trust them that they'll know how to parse it, that they'll know how to disseminate it. And it and unfortunately, like someone like me, I consider being a writer pretty seriously. You know, you're supposed to document things. But at a point when it becomes dangerous, and I think it is becoming dangerous, how much how much how much runway do you give? you give these guys especially when there's no rhyme or reason especially when the science says something different especially when there's no new information about these guys if we ask andrew wiggins about this a month from now and he's not vaccinated he's going to tell you the same exact thing six months now the same exact thing i haven't done my research i've done my research as if they've had a beaker and a syringe and some goggles (laughs) i've done my research tell me what you found bunsen burner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Bunsen burner, right? Tell me what you found. Apparently, apparently, there's been like a huge surge in Facebook questions about how do I get a religious exemption, right? Ever since there was religious exemptions handed out for the vaccine, a lot of people, you can probably envision them what they look like right now, are trying to figure out how do they get a religious exemption. So there was this one huge like hospital or health um, healthcare company that was like, okay, if you want to apply for a, a religious exemption, don't give me this fetal cell use excuse. Because apparently in a lot of Facebook groups, the way to get out of a medical exemption or get, get out of a religious exemption is to cite that a lot of these drugs, the, the vaccines used fetal cells in part of the research and development of the vaccine. There is no fetal cells in the vaccine. It's just when they were starting out and trying to you know, manufacture these vaccines a while ago, apparently this is par for the course. So the, so the health agency, the CEO of this health company said, all right, if you want to apply for a religious exemption based on the fact that there is fetal cell use way back in the start of these drugs. Keep in mind, you are also hereby writing that you are not going to take ibuprofen, mm-hmm. Tylenol, mm-hmm. aspirin, mm-hmm. Tums, Claritin, mm-hmm. Maalox, mm-hmm. Pepto-Bismol, uh-huh. and every other fucking thing in your drugstore. Th- that's the point. 
that's the, that's the whole tragic point is that people want to say, I'm not going to do this because of these factors without realizing these factors are in everything they've already been agreeing to use. It's below at the restaurant. It's my favorite thing is the people who, like, as we know from some of the accounts that Kyrie follows, think that the vaccine has a microchip in it that allows you to be com- controlled by a master computer that serves Satan. <laughs> Let's just assume for an instance that Satan exists that microchips are small enough to be put in sy- in syringes that they are self-powered right because they have a power source with them and that there this technology exists that there's a computer that can connect all of these microchips from inside never mind the fact that I can't get cell service in fucking building 0 over in, in Bristol that that somehow this microchip inside me gets service and connects via Wi-Fi to this master computer that serves Satan. Wouldn't it just be easier to use our phones that already have a chip in them, that already transmit all the time, send data everywhere, that already gives us suggestions of what we should buy, what we should like, what we should look like, what are the type of people we should be interested in? All that, the, the stupid shit you're typing is being typed on a device that does all that stupid shit. Do you have an iPhone? Do you have an Android? Like, unless you are on a rotary phone, if you are right, a team right, rotary right, phone, right. then I'm like, all right, man, you got it. You real, you triple OG. But that's not the case. And so the idea that this, this is where they're going. Ah, like the same thing. It's like, yo, do you guys understand how this economy works? Oh, it's for the elites and Dr. Fauci's stock prices. Do you understand how this works? It works because we work. They chill because we work. We generate, we are the 99%. We generate all the, uh, the, 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 not only the income, but also the purchasing power so that the elites can sit back and make this money. The last thing they want is for us to not be working or us to be gone. Because you know what happens if 1% of the population kills the 99%? It, <laughs> what remains of the 1% becomes the 100%. And so those 1%ers, 99% of them going to become 99%. They got to work. They don't want to do that. They don't want to be lower class. Here's the other part. Michael Porter Jr., the known philosopher, Michael Porter Jr., who, who shoots 54% from the field, who are real, he's one of the most shoot first players, shoot first, shoot second, shoot third, and I love his game. The one thing that he said, you know, they're doing this for population control. Like Michael Porter Jr., you and all of your infinite knowledge, do you realize that your generation, preceded by my generation, are the least having babies generation since basically what uh the great depression we ain't having kids so why would they be trying to kill us when they want us to reproduce more how does this make sense but once again when you get guys who push on doors that say pool and then blame the door that's how we got what we got when i get in my car when i get in my car early in the morning and i don't use my gps to go to, if I'm going to my car early in the morning, I'm going to one of two places. I'm either going to the gym or going to get my hair cut. Usually, I'm not really going anywhere else. I get in my car. Google tells me how long it will take me to get to my destination, even if I haven't punched anything in. Yep. It will tell me, mm-hmm. 38, yep. 38 minutes to get here. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't say where I was going. I ain't said Jack Diddley shit, right? If I... I, I pick up my best friend's kids from school some days. If I leave the house at three o'clock, oh, you're going to, you know, such and such preparatory school. 
How do y'all know that? That's not the chip in my shoulder. That's the chip in my phone. Right. right. You idiots. And my watch. Yeah. And my iPad. And, <laughs> and my laptop. That was also what I found interesting about Kyrie Irving's uh, press conference was that he did it from home and he also taped it on his IG Live. And in that, he said, I want to keep it private. This is a private thing. Uh, I don't want my life out there. Please respect my privacy. As he's recording from inside his house and blasting it to 14 million followers, he's saying respect my privacy when he is recording. recording on Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, which is the least privacy-respecting motherfuckers to walk the earth. These are the motherfuckers who literally said, hey, that's an invasion of privacy. I was like, fuck you. Like, that was their answer. And like, nah, man. They didn't even deny it. They're like, nah, fuck you. I'm paying whatever the fuck I want. This is my privacy now. And then after his press conference, he looks into the camera on IG and he says to his followers, Kyrie does, and he's like, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, I don't want any drama. You know, they want to keep asking me these questions and I just don't want any distractions, don't want any drama. So I'm just not going to speak on that, you know? And it's just like, are you really that obtuse, dense to think that saying, I don't want to talk about this. It's a private thing is actually going to, everyone's going to be like, yep. All right, we're done here. We're just going to focus on basketball now. Like, does Kyrie really actually believe that this is not going to be a distraction if he takes that course? But, but Tom, (laughs) but here's my thing. It is basketball. We are focused on basketball. We're asking, yo, are you going to play? You'll be at these home games, bro? Like, that's, it is basketball. This idea that somehow we are invading their privacy. We're not, I'm not asking whether you got like the measles, mumps, rubella shot. Give a shit about that. I give a shit about the thing that's going to stop you from not playing in a game. Yo, but HIPAA law. I mean, HIPAA law. <laughs> oh, my Flight. God. Yo, I'm, shout out to whoever said that's not what that means to Dwight, man. I forgot who it was. I've heard of who that was. Was it Bill Orem? I'm trying to think of who the assholes are. I think it was Orem. It was Bill Orem? Yes. I'm, that was my shot in the dark, Bill. Like, who's the biggest asshole <laughs> on the Laker beat? <laughs> but, I mean, here's the thing. Shouldn't we say that? Isn't that our place to say, you know what? That's actually not HIPAA law or the or HIPAA law. Like either one of them. It, it's not. The HIPAA law. It's like the story of the hippo. I'm not familiar with that story. The hippopotamus, he is not one going uh, cool bean. I am a hippo. No way, Jose. Even better. Oh, Dwight, please explain to me what the HIPAA law is. That would have been the right response. It's like, hey, what, what, is, what is the HIPAA law? What am I violating here? Then we would have been viewed as dunking on these guys. Then we, if we would have said that, Dwight, explain what HIPAA means. Explain what it stands for. What's it stand for? Then, then we would have been viewed as the big, bad, untrustworthy media that, create, that creates the scares and everything else. Once again, going back to 2016, then it would have been we were dunking on poor Dwight Howard. Can you imagine someone saying that we are dunking on poor Dwight Howard? Think of that statement. Poor Dwight Howard, whether that's hyperbolic or whether that's literal. Either one of them don't make sense. But that's this whole us versus them thing. And we are the them, unfortunately. We are the untrustworthy figures because we follow science. I'm starting to think that we might add up all the 100% vaccinated teams and realize, wait, this, this math ain't adding up. Like we're going to be looking at this, this count and been like, hey, there's 27 teams that are 100% vaccinated <laughs> and there's, we're at 90%. Like I'm, I'm, curious, I'm curious if you do the math of like all the teams that claim to be 100% vaccinated. There's only a few though. There's only a few that's claiming to be 100% vaccinated, right? If the Nets say we're not all vaccinated, 
and Kyrie is the one that puts his name on it. I don't know that Bruce Brown ain't also in that group. I don't know that Blake Griffin isn't in that group. Blake Griffin is vaccinated. No, but I'm just, I'm, I'm putting out names. Yeah, yeah I, get what you, I get what you're saying. If a guy doesn't say anything, if we say we're not 100% vaccinated. Kyrie is the shield to all others who might be like quite silent, silent, unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, same thing. Juan Toscano Anderson isn't vaccinated. I don't know. Which goes back to like, why would you ever put your name on it unless you just want to be the symbol for this particular quote unquote struggle, which I can see Kyrie wanting to be that, but I can't see Andrew Wiggins wanting to be that. Like this, you don't want this, bro. Like, Let me ask you this, Vinny. Do you think that any piece of this information or education or us dunking on them with facts and data and science is going to be as persuasive as the protocols on the road? No, I don't think even the protocols on the road. I think the only thing that can persuade some of these guys is peer pressure. Your our biggest teammates, our biggest advocates for this. If we're on some side, if we're if we're on the side of getting the jab, then our biggest advocates are Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant essentially is to say that you guys who you know let's be let's keep it a buck here. I'm not so sure that Kevin Durant didn't just recently get the shot. You know what I mean? Right, right. So even if even if KD did, let's say KD didn't get the shot until you know July or something like that or June or whenever it was, he's like, "Look, man, we're trying to win a championship, and you want to stay here. You want to continue to play here. We need you to win this championship. We need not to have this distraction for our home games. You want to play in front of the Barclays home crowd. You know, you help build this team, like your auntie said." That's you have to appeal to these guys' egos, even if the shit ain't true. You got to appeal to something. Draymond Green, hey man, we need you. Or Stephen Curry, hey man, if you don't take this jab, I'm gonna have to tell uh, I'm gonna tell Bob to get rid of you, send you out to Siberia somewhere. You know, I don't know who can tell Bradley Bill anything because he. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, he's the person of influence there. He runs that show, although I don't know where that show is going. You know what I mean? Davis Bertans comes in, yo man. <laughs> we got to get this shit vaccinated, bro. Cause man, I'm going to go up to Tommy Shepard. I'm going to say trade his ass. That ain't going to fly with Bradley Beal. And I don't know if Bradley Beal says that if he's not the guy running the show. Right. If like Russ was still there and Russ was vaccinated, like Beal wouldn't have said nothing. No, I look, I, I think, man, peer pressure, the, the, the uh, overbearing protocols, money, money, like, where does money rank in this? Like, most persuasive methods to get the unvaxxed to vaccinated. Is it money, lifestyle, peer pressure? Like, what is it going to be? For two players in the league, we're going to find out how much money means to them. But the problem is it's just probably just those two players or whoever teammates they have or following down that path. For everyone else, money is not an option. So it only it comes down. You know what's funny? I don't know if you, this is going to sound really dark. There's no melody. It's just tones. Just dark, ominous tones. The masturbating dog killer is on loose again. He'll kill the owner, but at least the dogs are happy. (laughs) (laughs) I follow a subreddit called the Herman Cain Awards. Every post is the same thing. It starts with, it's a slideshow. Slide number one, 
Dr. Falsy. That it's someone. It's always a single person, oh, and it's their Facebook posts or the tweets. Oh, Dr. Falsy. Da 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 da. Oh, this COVID is a hoax, and the cartoons of like Fauci and is like uh, counting money and all that stuff. And every post is this is so dumb and da da da. I'm not gonna wear. Tell my kids to wear masks. And then the last slide, the last slide is always. We'll always remember you, Uncle Ben. You know, uh, he passed away from COVID compli- COVID-related complications, and it's an obituary. The la- every single one goes goes. It's all all obituary. The last slide is an obituary, and I hate to say it, but I think for some people, Tom, it it's the extreme price. Maybe not their expiration, but someone for them to go through what Carl Anthony Towns went through. That's the only way they'll figure it out. Someone like Michael Porter Jr. says, I caught it twice. What's the big deal? Like, okay, this is a guy that's never going to learn until right. he loses something. Because he's raw dog. Right? He, he caught it once and was still raw dog in the earth. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yep. like there was, there's no... Went my, back for more. And Andrew Wiggins, your teammate, lost his parent. Your former teammate lost his parent. And then you get D'Angelo Russell saying Kyrie goaded. On Twitter, if I was Carl Anthony Thomas, I'd go to whoever was running the front office at the time and saying, get his ass out of here. I miss that D'Angelo Russell thing. Loss of life is not the same as what I'm about to say. But remember when they did the whole Muslim ban thing and the people were protesting outside of all of these airports. One of them was LAX. And Sage Steele tweeted complaining about people because she missed her flight to go to the Super Bowl. Like, you couldn't pick a more fucking irrelevant, trivial thing to moan about losing over stuff. And I, and I said what upset me was it could have been anybody, but like, Sage, you work with multiple Muslim people. Mm-hmm. Like, not like, oh, Amin's Muslim? I didn't, like, no, multiple of us, not just me. So Amina Hussein is a bunch of people who have either family members who would suffer from this. And it's like, you have zero empathy Forget about people you've never heard of or seen mm-hmm. all the way over there. Mm-hmm. The people in the room next to you got zero empathy for that. And so D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins and all these guys, it's like the only way people like that get it, truly get it, you have to raise the stakes until it hits them. And it's like, fuck. Fuck. Uncle Buck was here a couple of days ago. Now he's in the ICU. Or... Or, or Tom, the situation that you talked about. People who don't even catch it. Yeah. I need the ICU for other non-COVID-related reasons, and there are no beds. Because all the unvaccinated are the best, right? So you're you're killing – it's like secondary smoke of COVID, which is like you're killing just by, by virtue of having no hospital care. By the way, where the fuck are all the people with the horns in their heads and the third arms? 98% of doctors and medical staff in this country are vaccinated. Every single member of Congress and the Senate. Including Ted Cruz. Including Ted Cruz, right? Here we are, zeroing into the NBA. Every single team employee who has to work in the arena, who comes in contact, all the referees, all the coaches, where are these people? Like, okay, I get it. You think it's dangerous. Show me the dangerous people. Show me the ones. Show them to me. Show them to me. Oh, oh, two people died in Australia and they were vaccinated. Like, yeah, motherfucker, it ain't, it ain't foolproof. But show me that they died because of the vaccine. You know what I compare it to with, with ball players? Knee surgery, right? Remember for a while, microfracture was like 
the, the knee surgery that, that people got and they were like, oh shit, this thing is bad. It, technology got better. The doctors got better. You figured out, okay, we don't have to go in there and do that. We can do it differently. This vaccine, as 88% for Pfizer or 98% for Moderna, whatever it is, it's going to get better as time goes on. Whatever the minute side effects may be, it's going to become an everyday thing like a flu shot. These are not just protocols for this season. I think guys need to figure this out. COVID is going to be around for the rest of our natural lives. We are going to have to be taking a shot once a year, once a quarter, whatever it is, for the rest of our lives. And you know what? Beam me up. The doctors are going to continue to get better. The science will continue to get better. Let me say, follow the science. It's ever-evolving. And if there's one group of people that would know about that, you think it'd be NBA players and NBA doctors. The way that you started your career doing stuff compared to the way that you finished your career doing stuff changes because doctors got better. I thought about this too, Vinny, is like Kyrie Irving, if you're about that life, I don't know if I want you on my team. Because if you're about that life and you don't want to take medicine, or you don't want to listen to the science, like you're going to be injured more. See, that's the interesting part when it comes to Kyrie's case. Wiggins, as much money as he makes, he's expendable. But for Sean Marks, like, you, like if he's taking the stance that- Who's he, in charge there? It's not Sean Marks I'm wondering about. It's KD. It's Kevin Durant. It's KD. Where's KD's limit? Where does, like, where's KD's tolerance level? It's kind of like when you- you're with your boy, and that's my boy. We go, hey, we go down, we're having fun and a little mischief. Ha ha, you crazy, man. And then it's like, ah, he pulls out a gun. Like, ah, and you're like, whoa, shit, man. Like, I didn't, I didn't, let's rob that liquor store. Like, wait a second, man. I I just thought, like, we just fuck around, throw eggs at houses and shit. I didn't, I didn't know we were going to, like, escalate to this shit. It's, it's like juice. Like, at some point, when Bishop makes himself known to be just out of control, Everybody else is like, yo, I don't fuck with that nigga, man. Like, there's no other way to say it. Like, it's not, there's no honor in sticking with someone who's dr- driving off a cliff. I think Kevin Durant, his comments about it were interesting. He's like, I fully expect that we'll have our full team at the start of the season. And I kind of felt like that was him throwing down the throwing down the gauntlet of like, hey, I put my I put my word out there that I'm going to convince you, or at least I believe that Kyrie is going to get vaccinated before the start of the season. And if you don't, that's going to come back on me because I put my word out there that I believe that this is going to be all settled in the next two weeks. And if you're going to make me look stupid, then shit. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the, I don't know what the level is, Vinny, but maybe you do, maybe have more reporting or knowledge about what his level is of Kyrie tolerance. But I feel like we're approaching it if, KD goes out there on the record and says, I think we're going to be good. Don't worry about it. Start of the season, we'll talk then. I think we're going to have our full team by then. And if Kyrie's still holding out, I don't know. That makes KD look bad. I think we've all had friends who have became who have become our crosses to bear. Right? Friends that, you know, when we're younger, you're in college or whatever, and he's a little off. He's doing things that you don't necessarily like, but you genuinely love this dude. Like, I love this. This is my dude. I rock with him. And it comes a point where maybe you don't separate yourself from him like completely, but you start to sort of cut the cord a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, man, you you doing you doing too much. You will say it, but you still rock with him. And then it comes to a point like, yo, man, you're doing a little bit too much. And then you stop answering the phone. You, you don't hang out as much and you kind of do a natural separation. I don't know if KD has that in him. You know what I mean? To that level of getting sick of Kyrie Irving. Because the more we 
go at Kyrie, the more we dunk on him, I think it makes Kevin defend him more. Pull him closer, yeah. Because Kevin considers himself persecuted, it seems like. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Y'all, y'all got on me for how I for leaving OKC. Y'all got on me for how everything went in Golden State. You know, I can't do nothing right. Y'all just y'all just hate me. You know, what I mean? even though that's not really the case, that's how it comes across that he feels sometimes. So that's what it, that's what it seems like. And Kyrie's like the ultimate martyr in some case. So there, I'm sure there's some duality there where Katie is like Kyrie. I get it. I rock with you. But man, look, we got something we need to accomplish here. And I wonder if he can tug on those heartstrings of Kyrie for Kyrie to do something bigger than Kyrie put it like this I think out of all of them out of Jonathan Isaac Michael Porter Jr. Bradley Beal all them I think Kyrie is the most likely to get vaccinated as crazy as it sounds because of the peer pressure because of the peer pressure you don't think Wiggins you got Draymond Clay and Steph on your ass tell me how to reach him tell me how you can reach Andrew Wiggins (laughs) you know what I mean tell me how you can reach him tell me how the light shows up you know what I mean oh my god that's a good point. Hey, to wrap this up, Vinny, I want to give Amin the floor and explain his Chicago experience and see what you think, Vinny. Oh, my God, man. Yo, Vinny, let me just say right now, man, over the years, I've made a lot of jokes about Detroit. To you, to Jalen, to Jamel, to Kelvin Washington, all the, all the Detroit people have had my fun. I'm going to just apologize to y'all, man. Because for all the jokes about Detroit, I could count on one thing. And and I I admit, I haven't been out and about in Detroit like that. And everyone tells me I got to do it because it's fun and all that. I haven't done it yet. But there was one thing I could count on Detroit for every single time. Having a world-class airport. It's beautiful. It's clean. You got that Westin in there? Woo! Marriott rewards a property in there. It's got dining options from really nice to like that, that fountain, that beautiful fountain that like squirts water out everywhere. Flights all over the world. And one more feature that I did not know was a feature I should hold dear about airports. It doesn't close. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Chicago O'Hare apparently has the business hours of a goddamn Starbucks. I went to Chicago, and the irony is this. I went to Chicago for literally 24 hours. I landed, like maybe say, call it 30 hours. You were supposed to. Landed, got to my hotel, got something to eat, spent the night, went, did my work, covered the Bulls training camp. Shout out to everybody there. They were great. Left, flights at 9.30. It's like 4 o'clock. I hit up my producer for Black Opinions Matter. Sean Little, because he's in Chicago. He lives in Chicago. I'm like, yo, let's go out. Let's let's grab some food. Grab some food. While I'm eating, I get an alert. Your flight's now leaving at 11 o'clock. I'm like, cool. All right, man. Like, show me Chicago. She's like, all right, bet. We're going to walk to this place. We walk to this bar. It's cool. We're having drinks. The, one of the guys, the managers of the bar, recognized that, yo, got to get around. And like, and at every turn, Sean's like, how you like Chicago now? How you like Chicago now? You see, this weather's beautiful. Because the first time I've ever been to Chicago, the weather wasn't trash. And I've been all months of the year. But, like, that was the first time. It was like, oh, it's warm and the sun is out. And everyone's friendly. And I'm like, you know what, man? Maybe I misjudged. Maybe I misjudged. So I said, ooh, got to go. My flight's at 11. So I leave. I get to the airport at 10 o'clock. Plenty of time. You got an hour before the flight leaves, which means I have 30 minutes before the plane even starts boarding. 
I have technically I have 50 minutes before they close the door. Plenty of time. Walk into the terminal, walk up to the security gates, nobody's there. It's just with the gates down. I'm like, okay, walk to the next one. Same thing. Okay. I look at there's an American Airlines employee walks by. I say, hey, how do I get to the gates? You gotta go through security. No shit, Sherlock. Show me which security gate is open. I don't know. Keeps moving. All right, cool. Finally, I go to a TSA guy who's sitting at the exit. You know how, like, when you exit the terminal. Yeah. And he says, oh, this terminal's closed. I'm like, what? He said, I got a flight that's leaving in an hour. What do you mean it's closed? Like, yeah, it's closed. You're going to have to go to security to Terminal 2. Why didn't your app tell you, A, your flight's going out of gate? Well, that's something that the good people at American Airlines caught fucking a scream fest from, and they're going to catch another one because I, I've decided I want more. <laughs> so I walk over to Terminal 2, right? Mind you, Chicago, their terminals are not connected. You have to walk outdoors, which on that day wasn't bad, but I've had to do that in the past where it was zero degrees. And it's the dumbest thing ever. Walk to the next terminal, same thing, close, close, close. There's one guy there who's uh, doing the known crew member lane for like the pilots and the flight attendants. Or whatever. I say, hey, man. Can I come in through here? He's like, no, sorry, man. Like, we don't have any other thing up here. I'm like, all right, well, which one's open? He's like, none of them. So what you mean none of them? Yeah, airport's closed. What do you mean the airport's closed? My flight leaves at 11. He's like, no, it's like all the security closes at 10 o'clock. Since when? Unreal. And I'm like, what the fuck? So it's like, what am I supposed to do? Is it talk to someone, one of the, talk to the airline? Like, all their employees are gone. The desks are closed. So we'll go downstairs to baggage claim. This ain't Greensboro, too. This is Chicago O'Hare. Dog, dog it's Chicago O'Hare. It's Chicago O'Hare. <laughs> oh, that's why you got to go through Midway. No, I'm sorry. This wasn't something that I thought could happen. An airport closing. So I, I, I get on the phone and I call. And my, you know, Executive Platinum, that shit goes right to the, you get picked up immediately. Hello? I'm like, hey, man, I'm at Chicago. My flight leaves in an hour. I can't get in. You got something for me? Oh, no, 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 let's see. No, I think we're going to have to get you on another flight. I'm like, what? how am I going to get to that flight? Well, it'll be tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning? It's like, well, how, how could you guys not tell me that the airport closes? It's public knowledge. So to who? Nobody. I've, not to me. She said, because of COVID, I said, lady, I've flown out of Miami, Phoenix, and LAX on red eyes during COVID. Never, ever, ever. Maybe there's a couple of gates open. I've never been in a scenario where there's nothing where the airport airport employees are telling me it's closed. Well, your flight was supposed to leave at 930. I'm like, well, wouldn't you send that alert to me as well? The, hey, it's 11 o'clock, but get there before 10 because they, they're kind of dicks about this. So I say, look, if I got to spend the night here, you guys have to pay for my hotel. She says, well, we can't do that. I'm like, the hell you can't. Let me talk to your supervisor. He can't do it either. I'm like, what? Man. So I transfer me over. Get on to the supervisor. Don't let him even talk. I say, look, this is the deal. You got that. You didn't tell me shit. I'm like, well, I have to spend the night in this godforsaken city that I don't want to be in. <laughs> and I pay for my hotel. I promise you tomorrow I'm going to fly Delta for the rest of my life. I don't give a shit if there's three connections to go where I could go to nonstop with you guys. Like, let me see what I can do. Comes back, gives me the hotel voucher. It's a fucking Hilton. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Still got scabies from that experience. Me and beggars can't be choosers. No, I know. I take it because at that moment, but it's just like, come on. 
Detroit would have gotten me into a into a Weston. That's all I'm saying. Right? So we would have. So I say, I say to him, hey man, couple of notes. One, if you guys have a fucking airport that closes, probably tell you. Because nobody knows this. I promise you nobody knows this. If I lived in Chicago, I wouldn't know it unless this thing happened to me. The only way to know that it closes is if this thing happened to me. Right. And I don't live in Chicago. Right. Right. So number one, there's it's you send an alert saying it's late. You send me alerts when there are fair alerts. You can send me an alert saying, by the way, this airport that you're going to, yeah, they're fucked. Because it's a piece of shit, little Greyhound station of an airport. But two, I said, yo, the rep I talked to before you said that hotels couldn't happen. I said, trust me, supervisor. She said, he can't do it either. So now I get it. You teach these guys to be resistant to not just give away shit. Play hard to get. But she got, you got to teach You're her. executive platinum. I'm, one, I'm executive platinum. This is ain't the riffraff. I, I'm not here on my one flight of the year. I've been executive platinum for like four or five years. Number two, you need to be able to read the room. You hear my voice. You hear how outraged I am about this fucking ridiculous thing that the airport is closed. You got to learn at that moment, even if she doesn't have the power to do it, just say, let me see what my supervisor can do. And you say that, then, then we're good. Instead, she's going to say me some dumb shit like that. Like, that pisses me off. Oh, yeah, she shouldn't have said that. I'm going to have a conversation with her. Like, goddamn right, you're going to have a conversation with her. So I fucking went. I slept in a Hilton. I said, what flight do you want? I said, the first fucking thing out. I don't want to be here any longer. <laughs> 6 a.m. was gone. Hey, Vinny, this is when you come in and say, I fucking love Chicago. O'Hare's the best. Oh, no, I would never say that. I will never... You will never, ever, ever hear me say that one. No, sir. I love, I like Chicago better than people think I do. But uh, nah, I didn't even know airports closed. A closed airport? <laughs> a closed airport? The only time I knew an airport to close was basically, I think it was, I don't know if you guys remember, it was maybe 2014. And it was on the East Coast. It's from the Midwest to the East Coast. It was like two straight weeks of below zero degree weather. And it was like the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. And no flights could get out. It was like minus 14, no flights could get out. So they closed the airport. They sent everybody home because no flights were coming out, no flights were coming in. And they're like, we'll be open at four in the morning, but we can't open now. Nah. All right, cool. Other than that, I mean, you, I mean, you, should, you, you should switch over to Delta anyway. Dog, I, like, honestly, I threatened, but like the idea of connecting in Salt Lake or Atlanta or like every single time is just too much. Yeah, I'm having this conundrum right now with uh, Delta and American and Charlotte. Charlotte is American. Ugh. Dog, it's the, it's the worst for you, Tom, because you're literally there. Charlotte, Miami is like a two-hour flight, but with Delta, it's like a six-hour flight. Vinny, nah, man. thank you for coming on. I, I said it was going to be a quick story, but I mean, he had a lot to get out there. So I appreciate you, Amin, too. Nah, it's all good, man. It was fun. I hate Chicago. Look, look, it's my, my rankings have been revised. Cleveland is still the worst city in America. Louisville, right there, neck and neck. But I don't have to go back to Louisville, so it's good. Chicago, yo, I used to say Chicago O'Hare and LAX were neck and neck. Nah, man, even, LA, even LAX wouldn't do this shit to me. Like, way to say, no, no, no. Oh, you think LAX is bad? Hold my beer. That's what Chicago said. I'm going to get you to Detroit and show you around me. How about that? You've met some Detroit people. I've met a lot of Detroit people, man. They're, they're my, some of my favorite people. 
I feel like in order to be like great like that, you have to come from really, really, really tough circumstances. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm just saying. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm just saying. That, you got to be able to laugh and stuff like that. That's why you guys have such a great sense of humor. Don't do it. Because otherwise you cry. <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs>